Welcome to a parenting space actually designed for you, where you can get answers about navigating a life that includes autism. I'm Dr. Tay, and today I'm answering your questions. Anytime you submit questions on my social media, they could end up on this podcast. Let's dive into today's question. Back to another Q&A episode. So today's Q&A is inspired by a Facebook community that I am in. And I keep seeing this statement, this sentiment come up over and over and over again, and parents feeling like they don't know how to navigate it. And what it often comes as is like, parents expressing that they feel depressed and literally not knowing how to navigate that. And so I wanted to talk through that today of how do you navigate your own mental health in all of this, particularly if you are experiencing depression and anxiety. So one of the personal things about my story, if you guys didn't know this, if you're new to the podcast, I have a brother we're 10 years apart. He was diagnosed at 23 months of age. And I actually have an episode with my mom talking about this, that she, we went through two years of intensive therapy with my brother. And then when it finally ended, my mom started to experience, I always thought of it as postpartum anxiety and depression, but I think it was more just like she finally had time to slow down and process her own emotions in this because she was just in go, go, go mode and helper mode and all of that. And so I think for parents, it hits at different parts of the journey and you may never experience this, but I think for the large majority of parents that they do experience this. And it's interesting because we, we do know that Parents who have an autistic kiddo are at an increased likelihood of experiencing depression, anxiety, and other mental health disorders. And some of that could be the genetic component. I talked about that in this week's mini episode, but it also could just be the situational element of it all as well. So what to do if you are depressed? And I'm going to warn you, the answer to this isn't going to be anything groundbreaking, but my hope for this Q&A episode is that you can just kind of sink into it and realize you are not alone in this and that the best thing you can do is help yourself in all of this. So I think first and foremost is I, I would say it's really important for you to seek help. And one of the roadblocks that I navigate with parents is they say, I don't have time to help myself. I'm so focused on what my child needs and all their, their support services and getting them and being their advocate. There is no space for me. This idea of self-care even is out the window. And I know we've heard this time and time again, like you can't pour from an empty cup and all these cliches. But one of the things that I, I want to take you inward for a moment and and this is hard to hear. This is direct. But what I want you to know is that what you are feeling and experiencing, as much as you might try to mask it and hide it from your child and your family, they also experience it too. This is where in autism care, I decided the whole family approach was so important that even though your autistic child is the one with the diagnosis, that autism impacts the whole family. And the same is true of all mental health. So if you are experiencing this, likely there's only so much you can hold it in and hope 
part of my French, but only so much you can hold your shit together. That's just human nature. You're human. You, you can't be a superhero all the time. You are going to have to have down points and parts where you can't hold it together anymore. And you feel like you're drowning and depression and even anxiety that all it is, is you're, you're experiencing that more frequently, or you're having to work even harder in order to pull yourself out of that. And so I want you to hear that there is no shame that if you are depressed now, or you are highly, highly anxious where you cannot turn your brain off, you are not flawed. There is nothing wrong with you. Just as we talk about on this podcast about neurodiversity being related to your autistic child's brain and how their brain thinks differently and different doesn't mean that there's something inherently wrong. The same is true of anxiety and depression. This is just how your brain thinks. And so the first thing that I recommend is remove some of this, this negative language about yourself, that you're flawed or what's wrong with you and why can't you pull yourself out of this? Your brain is wired now and the stressors in your environment are, are contributing to this. And listen, being a parent of an autistic child, you love them and it is hard. It is really hard at some points feeling like no one's listening to you. Of course, you're going to feel depressed over that feeling like you're constantly having to advocate for your child. Like no one is listening to what your child says. Of course, you're going to be anxious all the damn time about that because you're always having to think five steps ahead of what everyone else is having to think. That is a lot of burden. And it's not your child is a burden. I want you to hear that loud and clearly. But the way that our system is set up, it is creating undue burden on you. And it is freaking hard. And so giving yourself grace that it is okay if you are experiencing depression or anxiety now or any other mental health disorder, there is no shame in that. It's how your brain is wired and the circumstances, the environment makes it more likely as well that you experience this. The second piece is not being afraid to seek help for this. Again, it comes back to, I talked about parents saying, well, I don't have time for that. Keeping in mind, your family feels this energy. And so, yes, you might feel like in your day, you don't have time for this, but what it's also doing is it's creating stress on your whole family. And I know, I know that's so hard to hear. And I wish I didn't have to be this blunt, but I need you to hear this. You are doing your family a disservice by not creating time for yourself. It takes an hour a week to go to therapy, to work on these things. And maybe finances are part of that in, and you're feeling like that's not possible as well. There are options always going through health insurance and there are like low sliding scale rates, things like that. There are different foundations that can provide therapy. There are options out there. And I also know that there's ridiculous wait lists and our system is broken and it makes it hard to access mental health treatment. I know all of this is true. And the more that you can try to find something that starts to work on this, the better. 
your family deserves that. But more importantly, you deserve that. You deserve to not have this additional bag to carry. And what I mean by that is we all have burdens and hardships in our lives. And it's like having a big bag, a heavy bag behind you that you're constantly dragging. And That's the thing, like now you're having to drag along this bag of depression and anxiety or whatever is going on with your mental state, and it's making you less available for your child, for your family. This is why the whole family approach is so, so important. And if you're not, I remember distinctly in the human design episode, Allison Cullen saying your number one responsibility as a parent, besides providing your child's basic needs is to manage your own energy. Because when you're not managing your energy, what that means is that your family is having to help you manage that energy. And so it has an impact on them by you saying, I don't have time. I I don't have capacity for this. It is having a direct influence on your family. And one of the solutions to that is beginning to figure out how do you create time? And that might look like asking other people for help, picking up your child one day from school so that you can attend a therapy appointment. I think one of the brilliant things with teletherapy now and telehealth is that you can literally fit in a 45 to an hour appointment, like on your lunch break or when your kids aren't home, you're not having to add in drive time and all of that. I think it it really is helpful. So there are lots of ways to receive therapy. The other piece that I want to talk about is destigmatizing the use of antidepressants. So I I cannot prescribe medication, but I think sometimes we we think about the stigma that comes with it, but it's also like what depression and anxiety are is they are neurochemical imbalances in the brain. You literally are having an imbalance in your brain on a chemical level. And what we know that these medications do is help to regulate that. Now, I I know medication is a personal choice, but I at least want to destigmatize that if you need that, particularly this could be a great option if you don't have access to therapy if you you feel like you really don't have time, then working on something like that. You can also talk to your primary care provider about different supplements, things like that, but actually allowing your body to physiologically regulate and be able to have the appropriate balance of neurotransmitters in your system becomes so incredibly important. And just keep in mind, these medications don't have to be a long-term outcome. So what we know from research is in large part that the combination of medication and therapy are the most effective way. So medication can kind of take off that edge initially and help you to really start to gain some momentum. But the skills that you learn in therapy are ultimately what help you continue to make progress and being able to sustain that progress even if you come off the medication. And so something common, just to kind of throw it out there, a common class of medications are called SSRI, serotonin selective reuptake inhibitors. Examples of this are things like Zoloft and Prozac. And so they're not a fast acting medication. What that means is you have to take them daily, but they do help to level out, like SSRIs in particular help to level out 
serotonin levels. There's also something called SNRIs, serotonin and norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors. Those are another kind of treatment modality. And I'm not telling you what medication to take. I just want to simply let you know that these are options as well. So not being afraid to take care of your own mental health and realizing that this is a really important part of your child's journey. I think in particular too, if you can find a support system and starting to ask for more help surrounding your autistic child's journey so that we are not alone in all of this. Some of those, although those aren't going to directly treat your depression and anxiety, those can help be to what we'd say mitigate it, help support it and help to reduce some of the burden that comes with it. And it also helps you to remember that you are not alone. So finding a community that you can talk to about your experiences becomes important in particular when you're interviewing therapists. And yes, I've talked about this on the podcast in terms of your child. Don't be afraid to interview your own therapist, asking them like, Hey, I have an autistic child. How do you feel in helping me navigate that and understanding kind of what I'm going through? And some, some are more comfortable with that than others. And I will also say, this is one of the gaps that I've seen is having a provider that understands mental health and also understands your your life as a parent of an autistic child can be harder. And this is something that I do help to support to some degree in the whole family approach, whether that's through my group model or one-to-one therapy, we can talk about you. We can spend time on your mental health and all of it. I use a family-based approach where it, it is about working with the entire family And it can be important that sometimes I may refer you out to have your own individual provider. But if you are working with me, I can help you navigate that in finding your own individual provider as well. So I just wanted to let you know that this is really common. It happens all the time. This Q&A was literally inspired by seeing post after post. And they're always anonymous posts too in this large Facebook community that I'm in. Because parents are ashamed often, and they don't want it to seem like they don't love their children. And a large majority of parents go through this. And I just want you to know that like creating time for you and creating time to work on your mental health is probably one of the most impactful things that you can do for your autistic child and for your family. All right, y'all, that's a wrap for this week's Q&A episode. I'll see you back here soon. This episode was meant to be short and sweet. Full-length episodes air every Wednesday with many episodes like this sprinkled in between. So subscribe now so you don't miss the next one. And if you want to inspire a future episode, because that's how we roll over here, ask me a question on any of my social media pages for a chance to have your question featured. Bye, y'all, and I'll see you soon.